Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Let's get down to business. <laughs> I give you one more night, one more night to get this. Becky's obsessed with I, this song. She's been singing it all freaking day. I well, okay. There's a reason. I've been working out, guys. I'm jacked as shit now. <laughs> but no, every workout class I go to, the instructor always like plays that song. I, I like, feel like I've heard it at workout like, classes before too. I feel like it's even a thing. In London, yeah, yeah. And like I, I don't know, I just it always gets stuck in my head, and it's I'll catchy. be like doing the dishes, and I'll be like, let's get down, get down. To and i like singing it in like my voice where everything just kind of sounds a little stupid <laughs> so it's let's great. get down to business let's get guys. down to business guys if, you know what it fits it fits we're here we're it's, back yeah amanda knox part two fucking let's rock and roll let's get down to business <laughs> let's get down let's get down to business <laughs> we uh, this is gonna officially be our new theme song it's not we say we that with like every we, like we we buy yeah. like copyright laws, <laughs> we cannot i'm probably gonna get sued for change it that. enough that yeah. it's now her own intellectual property <laughs> exactly exactly uh, i own it now <laughs> all, all right. right well uh also you know it it's pretty close to christmas like a few days away mm-hmm. so happy holidays if you celebrate christmas yeah. or just, anything else around this time just if you, if you just are doing any celebrating celebrate anything Happiness. celebrate just like it being today tell us what you're you know what tell us what you're celebrating yeah i would love to hear that i want to i want to expand my horizons and know what everybody's up to yeah or if you're just like if this isn't a time that you celebrate whatever let me know are you not celebrating mm-hmm what, yeah, what are you not celebrating? I love to hear people's traditions. <laughs> I know, and like I like that. hearing it. But uh, hopefully, it's just a like pleasant time of the year for you. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy that. Wishing everybody pleasantness, <laughs> pleasantry, pleasantry. <laughs> so. Um, just want to, you know, a reminder that uh, our bonus episode drops tomorrow. Tomorrow, the twenty third, part one. Yep. And that will be your bonus episode. Part two will be dropping next wednesday next wednesday the 29th yeah so yeah yeah so there'll be an extra special it's a two-parter but it's a good one it's a good one it's yeah. a good so you're getting an extra episode in yeah and yeah i hope you guys like it we're stoked about it yeah mm-hmm. very excited mm-hmm. too possibly too excited well maybe too excited yeah i know yeah. and sometimes we're like i'm so excited to do this and we're like wow this is super dark yeah yeah that's how i felt about richard chase i was like i'm yeah. so excited to do this case and then i was like oh but blood smoothies oh it's like yeah <laughs> we're all like oh yeah we host a true yeah. crime podcast. yeah I, that's the that is the like main thing i always forget i'm like i'm so excited to do this case and then i'll like look and it'll be like 700 people died yeah. and i'm like why was i excited for this i like <laughs> And I end up so sad after. I'm like, there's no way I should have been happy about this. Yeah, like, I know. Because you like forget what you're doing. You, mm-hmm. you feel like you're like writing something fictional. And then you're like, no, no, no. These are real people. This actually these... happened. Yeah. yeah. So we're never excited about what happens to these victims. We're, we're excited to talk about it. Yeah. There's and dissect it. But things. But yeah, yeah, nobody deserves this shit. No, no one deserves to be a blood smoothie. God damn it. Ugh. No. All right. Let's get down to All business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm just going to do a quick recap of part one. Mm hmm. Hopefully, I mean, if you're listening to this, like, go and listen to part one if you haven't listened to part one. Yeah. But I'll give you a quick recap if, if yeah. you know, you're listening to this. Sometimes, like, I, I understand people aren't keeping up week by week. Not, like, not everyone is. Yeah. So if you listen well, to part one be. and then the, it's been two months and you can't remember, here's your recap. Yeah. Yeah. But also just go listen to part one. But here's your recap. Listen to part one again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the best recap. Mm-hmm. All right. So Amanda Knox moves to Italy um, when she is 20 years old on an academic exchange in September 2007. Mm-hmm. She, in the coming months, living there um, around, I think this is around late October when they actually meet. Um, she meets a boy, Raphael Selecito. Um, They immediately start dating, immediately fall in love, puppy, puppy love. love, infatuation, all that stuff. Um, and they're inseparable. On November 2nd, 2007, the body of Amanda's roommate, Meredith Kircher, a British exchange student, is found at their apartment with her throat slit and multiple stab wounds. She had also been sexually assaulted, um, and the scene implied a break-in, although police believe that the break-in was possibly staged. Um, Amanda and her partner, Raphael, 
confessed to being involved under extreme pressure from the police and after long aggressive interrogations for hours in the middle of the night with no lawyers present and no interpreter for Amanda, who Mm -hmm. has moved there two months prior. So she speaks some Italian, but... Not lots. Not enough. Not lots. <laughs> um, Amanda insisted that she was at Raphael's all night because um, her boss, Patrick Lamumba, had texted her saying she didn't need to come into work. And when police read Amanda's text message back to Patrick, they insist that Amanda is actually telling him that she is going to see him later, as in see him later that night. Mm. So there is, again... A language barrier here 100%. she texted him something back in italian that she thought meant see you later that is in just in as general in like, yeah and they're like no you said you the, told him you were going to see him later that evening yeah this, this was an appointment yeah and so through all of this interrogation and pressure and everything amanda ends up implicating her boss um the bar owner patrick lumumba saying that he committed the murder as police continually insisted to amanda that she must have gone to see him that night um all three of them are arrested and patrick lumumba um, after two or three weeks, provides an alibi um, as he was working at the bar that night, and there were multiple witnesses to corroborate this. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. Um, and he is released, but Amanda and Raphael are still in custody. Mm-hmm. So the lead prosecutor, Giuliano, um, is pissed at her because, well, she she named him as the murderer, and th- that was... That was her fault. But she didn't. All she No, she didn't, but that's what the media <laughs> okay, was reporting. Yeah, was like, but she didn't. Um, so again, Giuliani was like, Well, why did she accuse him? The only answer, the only answer. I love that he's always like the only answer. The There's only, only one. answer. Um, and so far he's been wrong so many times. <laughs> so they're like time. the only answer. <laughs> the only answer could be to divert the investigation away from her because she did it. Only answer um yeah makes yeah. sense not because the math checks the Perugia out. police department was harassing and physically assaulting her oh no. yeah i'm sorry i forgot to mention that she said that they <laughs> they oh super casually <laughs> that was somewhere lost in my notes but she said on the night that they like uh, were interrogating her that one of the police officers this is also like i can envision this as such an italian thing it does not make it right but this is what happened to her that one of the police officers smacked her on the back of the head and they were like remember remember and they smacked her on the back of the head a couple of times and they were like like as if they were trying to like knock the memory knock in. the memory loose you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah and so so that's why i'm saying physically i feel like that's like, like like what parents would do be like remember when you remember <laughs> yeah. you fucking idiot. and that's what i mean like it's not like they like took her in a room and beat the shit out of her but like to her though they put a hand that's on her. a terrible situation then now someone's smacking you on the back of the head like i would be terrified I, I get annoyed even when people like poke me a little too hard of course it's just like get yeah. the fuck off me especially like, a stranger that you don't know who has authority over yeah you. and like you're being interrogated and probably haven't had water for the last six hours or gone to the bathroom and they're just like remember smacking you on the head like yeah it's pretty assaulting yeah and so he basically like he interrogated her again and was like well why did you say his name like why why would you point to him and why would you incriminate him and everything because you told me to and she's yeah she's basically just saying like you guys kept saying his name you guys told me you guys convinced me that i met him that night so that's why i said his name yeah because there was no other name to say no because that's the name you guys were saying yeah you Um, wanted it to be him (laughs) and he just kept asking her over and over and over again like why did you say patrick lumumba like why did you say it just uh, yeah again so La she, Bumba. <laughs> she just said it was all this back and yeah. forth i think she might have had an in- interpreter at this point but um it I didn't matter hope like, so like i feel like you after a while you would just like she lose. was arrested at this so like i i would imagine they had an interpreter but she just said it didn't matter i wasn't i wasn't telling him what he wanted to hear and um in in that moment like i realized they just they were never going to listen to anything that i said ever again hmm because they didn't trust me because they thought i had lied yeah meanwhile they were the ones that put the lie there yeah um giuliani says uh in the documentary he says this is amanda's weakness she can't stand being questioned and she also has an attitude a hostility and rebellion toward authority it's a little bit anarchist he says he he's like i don't know if this is like characteristic of people from seattle i don't know i just try to stick to the facts the facts of her being an anarchist <laughs> like i was that a fact and it's just like i, so, I have like sorry. so many opinions right now <laughs> she can't stand being questioned 
I don't think very many people could stand being interrogated for hours on end in the middle of the night being asked the same question over and over no. again studies have shown that people will change their answers yes. if you keep asking them the, them the same question yes. over and over, over again and over again. we know that people will change their answers yeah. and then people are like why did you change your story that's suspicious and and we know that people will remember false memories yes they can be because implanted in your head if you just tell someone over and over, over and, and over, over again over. yep that it happened eventually someone will believe it it doesn't yeah. matter who you are there are people there that are like no my brain is a fucking fortress and no one can get it, it <laughs> my does, brain is a fortress <laughs> it doesn't i've heard people say that where they're like that could never happen to me yeah it can happen to anyone and it's and like those are those people that say that it's probably already happened to them and they have no idea the government's implanted <laughs> in your brain <laughs> no but you, you know what i mean like, i know no i know <laughs> but it's already also, happened yes. to you <laughs> surprise <laughs> um so yeah i just this is why i'm saying watching this documentary was so infuriating because yeah i'm because infuriated now now i understand at this point it it's at this point there's no indication of really who killed this person but what this prosecutor is saying was infuriating to me because he was just like these are the facts so far this there's is, been no this is there's no other way to look at this and i'm like well okay i'm i'm watching it i'm looking at it at a completely different perspective for, as you yeah so and i'm trying I to can't figure be the out, only one like so someone actually did kill meredith and we have no idea who the fuck did it because no one's looking at this person no and that person's probably just like sitting at home like you fucking idiots <laughs> like as we know happens often often Ugh. um so amanda was kept in a cell at uh capen capen jail okay with two other inmates um she underwent a medical examination and a blood test which i'm assuming is routine when you go to prison but mm -hmm. um so they come in one day and they tell her that she is hiv positive oh um and that she's going to develop aids and and this is news to her like she yes, didn't know she was she had HIV. no idea okay she has so there's different sources that say they gave her like a journal to write in or like after this to have her write this down or i don't know i think that she just had a journal in in jail and she mm -hmm. had been writing in it but basically it doesn't matter either way in the journal she writes down a list of her past sexual partners and makes notes like i used protection with this one i didn't use protection with this guy i used you know like she writes down a list i will add it was seven names okay um and this journal was immediately leaked to the press of course immediately Instantly, so yeah. her sexual history names and all yeah. people she did or protection didn't use protection, protection with yeah. was leaked to the press to the entire world that's yeah what's more infuriating is that they come in later and say no you actually don't have hiv are you fucked they were just fucking with her that's not a joke like that's not yeah oh i, I know oh i know <laughs> like, i feel like my face is getting red i'm getting I know, angry. I like i just got like chills i would be suing so hard because you think like that's that's not something you play around with in someone's life life no. life life that's <laughs> putting someone under such intense psychological stress th with th with the intention their intention was to break her their intention yeah. was oh we'll just break her down psychologically and then she'll confess fully to Probably the murders worked. and everything but it's like yeah get like a deathbed confession that isn't real fueling this misinformation in the media yeah. about and again like we said just it's so easy for media to turn that on a woman and be like, she's so promiscuous. Look at her list of previous sexual partners. She's a huge slut. It's she must writing be the narrative because yep. she has no morals. She must be a killer mm -hmm. because being a free person and having sex with someone must translate to you not having any morals. Doesn't it? <laughs> right it's so it totally does right if you have sex with someone you're the devil 100 percent. horror movies have yeah. taught us that premarital Pre sex you will die yes you're <laughs> a horrible person yeah. you're a, you're basically a, you might as well yeah. just be a murderer you might as well go out and start killing right yeah. now yeah what's the coach saying mean girls when he's just like if you have sex you will die <laughs> you have sex you will get chlamydia and you will, and you die. will die yeah and then he spells chlamydia with a k <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay okay sir <laughs> yeah that's basically actually that's a pretty good comparison to what these police yeah. officers they're were like doing at yeah this point. if you have sex you will turn into a murderer and you will die also <laughs> yeah yeah it's like they stole the script from mean girls and the, the 
the media was just like using that. They were like, we'll like just let's just go this with this. Bit, and then we, we will. Yeah. Then we'll go with that. Yeah. So yeah, Nick Pisa says that, um, he was probably one of the first people to get his hands on the journal. And at this point in the documentary, you know how, like when someone's just there, you know that there's someone behind the camera asking them questions, but that part's not put in. It's just the responses that are put in. Yeah. At this point, you can hear the person behind the camera being like, kind. they sound kind of like, not aggressive, but they're just like, definitely like confused. And they're like, um, how did the diary even get to the press? That's basically how he said it. He's like, how did the diary even get to the press? Yeah. And Nick Pisa kind of like smiles and laughs. And he's like, oh, well, um, we oh, never I wrapped re- it up we- with a huge old fucking bow on it. He's like, we never reveal our sources. And it's just like, well, no, again, Nick admitted that they were giving him stuff. They were giving, they were leaking all this stuff yeah. purposely to the press, right? To incriminate her. Yeah. So basically, I just, I, just, I think someone just walked it out of the prison. They were just like, here you go. Yeah. That's probably what happened. Um, and if anyone's wondering that that sound was Haley just stomped her hand <laughs> through the chair out of pure anger. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I've like never seen you this angry. I'm so angry. The <laughs> hand gestures this entire episode have been like so theatrical. <laughs> when like normally you sit so Italian peacefully, but you're like, and then another thing. <laughs> my Italian heritage is coming out in me. It's, oh a, it's a case in Italy. <laughs> I have with to be your small. I have to be as big as they are with my arms. Um, oh my god i wish everyone could see you right now <laughs> this is why we need to start video no we don't we yeah. don't we do youtube we're coming for we're you coming i mean one day when we can um, figure it out words and phrases like like you know that like perverted and infected and you know having many sexual partners oh, and all that that like, was always and also thrown around. like seven is that many give me a fucking break. that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like because she's a woman it's actually it's like, so easy for people yeah. to be like she's she's 20 years old and she slept with seven people what a whore and it's like yeah. okay i'm sure there I'm, are people i'm pretty to- sure like seven to ten is like the average for women i mean I, like of course and then more like you can it, and yeah and it, it doesn't, doesn't even matter even, the thing is is that there's there's a very wide spectrum here there's yeah. probably people listening to this podcast that are like i've slept with one person and, that's and there's fine. probably people listening that are like i've slept with over a hundred people like it could we, be i know both kinds number. of people <laughs> yes and, and she and she was seven. both is fine so i'm just saying that's really on the lower end of things it is and she again she's a she's a very pretty american girl like mm-hmm. It doesn't fucking matter. It, it doesn't matter how many people you've slept with. It doesn't automatically make you a murderer. And also, too, like, she obviously made that list trying to figure out who gave her HIV, which she was lied to about by these officials. Yeah. Yeah. They were just playing games I with would her. be doing the same thing. If I was told that, in a, like, in a prison, I would be sitting down going, okay, who gave this to me? And trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and, like, trace it back. Like, was it someone else that, like, from a couple ago that now I have to go and call a whole bunch of people and let them know? Like... Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I would be thinking, too. Right? It's just... So, anyways, I just thought that was atrocious and so upsetting. But yeah. um, that was, again, just used to fuel the fire. Um, they The police were still looking for the murder weapon, which they hadn't found. So, uh, Giuliani uh, starts a search in Raphael's apartment. Okay. They found a number of knives in the kitchen. One of them matched the characteristics of the murder weapon based on the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they had it tested and they found Amanda's DNA on the handle. And they found Meredith's DNA on the blade. Um, okay. They also found Meredith's bloody uh, bra that had been like, like the, the clasp part okay. had been ripped off. Um, they found that on the floor of her room, like just the clasp part. Um, Raphael's DNA was found on the separated bra clasp. Um, so at this point, the police felt that there was like no way that Amanda and Raphael hadn't committed this murder. Now they're like, we have DNA evidence. Okay. And so we're going to, we're going to go to trial basically. Um, There was a, oh, I put a part in here. The documentary obviously is cut back and forth between all these interviews, but basically Raphael was, was recounting on like his life and everything and just sort of like, I was a very shy, shy child. Like I said, he didn't really have a lot of experience with girls. He was like, I was so incredibly happy in this relationship with this beautiful girl. Why would I go and ruin my entire life by murdering this girl? 
Like that's yeah. kind of what was what was put in here at this point in the documentary. It's kind of out of place from where I'm going to go with it, but it's just I think that's worth mentioning that he was just like why would I do something? Where is the motive? Yeah. For either of them. Where is the motive? Where is because the motive? There is there there wouldn't be any unless it was like a sexual thing. That would be the only thing I could think of if there is a motive where it's sure. like, okay, this is a sexual and, fantasy. But it doesn't seem that way because they were clearly getting that from each other. And again, we know that people who have sexual fantasies about murdering people, it, that doesn't just spring up out of nowhere when you're 20 years old. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, And you usually don't act on the first one. Like, it's like... No. There's, like we said, there's usually a lead up to that. There's escalation. Yeah. Like, you're not just like, hey, I'm just going to see what it's like to murder somebody. Like, yeah. just... It, it seems very really far-fetched to me. work like that. Yeah, it doesn't... Um, the police had also found evidence that there was a third perpetrator and that Meredith had definitely been killed by three people. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Did they ever test the poop? I'll get to that. Yes. Oh, I, okay. I've been mm-hmm. waiting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's one of the, that that's included in the third perpetrator's DNA. Okay. Okay. So I'm ready. So the poop is now not. I'm so ready. It's not Amanda's poop. It's not Raphael's poop. It's my poop, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's your poop. It's Becky's poop, guys. Um, there was DNA inside Meredith, fingerprints yes. around the room and apartment. And like we said, the, the feces that were left in the toilet all belonged to an unknown third person. Um, they ended up testing it and they did find a match. They found a match to a man named Rudy Getty. Um, he had he had a rap, sh- like he had previous crimes. Mm-hmm. So he was known as like kind of a petty thief. He had a lot of like break and enters on his rap sheet. Yeah. Um, like Nick, low level crimes. Yeah. yeah. Nick Pisa says in the documentary that locals told him that he was kind of like a slippery character, like a fly by night mm. guy. I like the word when they use slippery. Slippery. That's what he used. That's why I put it in here. A slippery, slippery character. Um, Rudy had at this point already fled the country. Oh, suspicious. <laughs> I would say so. Um, he was in Germany at this point. Um, the police tracked down one of his friends and they set up like a skype call for this guy to call rudy and and like discuss with him like try try to get him to confess or something or try to get him to like say what his involvement was um and i so, actually just used the bathroom really quick <laughs> i really just strangest coincidence <laughs> um i was having a case of diarrhea <laughs> um he said on the Skype call, they had like the transcript of it. So he said, the girl who's been killed, I met her the previous evening. The next day I went to her house, but we didn't do anything because neither of us had a condom. And so I went to the bathroom. While I was in the bathroom, I heard screaming and I quickly came out of the bathroom. Didn't I, wipe my ass, left my shit. He in left the his shit in there. This is what I'm saying. He was interrupted. Um, he said, I saw a guy. I didn't see his face because it was dark. He ran out the door. I saw Meredith who was bleeding. She had a cut on her throat. She was clinging to me strongly. I got scared. I was completely covered with blood. Fuck, I'm scared. I might kill myself. This is part of the transcript. Um, And then at the end of this, when they're like showing the transcript, he says just one thing. Amanda had nothing to do with this. She wasn't there. So... Um, they, again, they track Rudy down in Germany and they arrest him and bring him back to Italy. Um, and once they had arrested him, Amanda like saw his face and everything. And she was like, she recalled seeing him around the neighborhood. Like I said, this wasn't a great neighborhood. She was like, I saw him playing basketball once. I think we ran into him. I think I saw him at my work one time. She's like, I didn't even know his name, but she recognized him as being someone in the area. Yeah. Um, you recognize locals after a while. Like, oh, I know that person, but I don't know them. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, another man is interviewed in the documentary named Walter Biscotti. Ooh, Biscotti. (laughs) So this was Rudy's lawyer. Um, and he says that Rudy has always maintained his innocence, that he didn't kill Meredith. Um, but he said that, you know, every good lawyer needs to be aware of the fact that a judge may not believe your client. Um, so Rudy, Rudy's presence in the house, like the fact that he was there is indisputable. His DNA is all over the apartment, all over that toilet, whether he just went there to hook up with her or whether he murdered her, his DNA is going to be there. Yeah. Um, his lawyer explains that if they had had a trial with all three defendants, like all together, 
it was likely that all of this would get pinned on Rudy. So he requested a fast track to have Rudy have a separate trial. Smart. Which is, yeah, absolutely smart for a lawyer. For to a do. lawyer, yeah. Um, during Rudy's trial, he changed his story. Uh-oh. Saying that um, he saw Amanda leaving the house through the window. Um, that's that's just once he gets to trial he changed the story but i I think it's important to remember the initial skype conversation where he's like amanda had nothing to do with this yeah because that was voluntary information no one asked him yeah so which that's likely the truth when when your back's up against the wall unfortunately yeah you're gonna like you said it earlier finger someone (laughs) point out who (laughs) who you want them as the murderer (laughs) 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 who like it's either them or me like yeah and so i get that i under, i don't think it's logical where his story went because yeah. his defense lawyer is probably like yo this is gonna be easier if you just point at someone <laughs> yeah um but he is ultimately found guilty he is originally sentenced to 30 years in prison um but his sentence was reduced after an appeal to 16 years um and this is what i meant about this being timely he was officially released on november 23rd Oh, that was last week. Last week. What day is today? It's it's December 2nd. Oh. So this was last Tuesday. Oh, shit. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So there are articles that say he was released sometime last year. He wasn't. He was released on like day parole. Oh, yeah. yeah which yeah, yeah. again, people are like, a lot of people treat that as like, he's released, he's free. Like, no, he's no, walking around with like an ankle thing and he has to go back at and 5 And he has PM. to go back every day yeah. and he sleeps in prison. So he's not technically released. He was released last week. Like officially. I didn't official. know that going into this. I had no idea hmm. that, that he was actually just released. So there's a lot of resurgence of this happening in the media right now. Yeah. There's articles. Amanda Knox is pleading at him to like, basically like say like to tell to tell the truth yeah because he went into prison saying she was there and she's basically pleading with him to be like tell well not say that, that i wasn't there like, but anyways um a lot of people are upset that he's out at all yeah because there are people that probably just believe he did it one way or another yeah and he yeah. again he was there his yeah. dna is everywhere it's undeniable he, he, his dna is literally in the toilet yeah and inside <laughs> of her unfortunately yeah so um Nick Pisa in the documentary, he states that to be honest, like no one gave a shit about Rudy. No one gave a shit about the trial. He's like, we gave it the courtesy, like the courtesy of covering the trial and like the details about it. Everyone was much more interested in Amanda. Yeah. So when the trial started, the trial started a year and a half after the murder. So, wow. so her and Raphael have been in prison for a year and a half yeah. at this point. Um, Italian press were calling it the trial of the decade. Um, and by this time, press were reporting the most ludicrous narratives ever they were talking about how this was like a drug-fueled sex game gone wrong oh my god that america the amanda was part of a sex cult yeah that's what i said i was like that will come in yeah (laughs) one headline actually read lucifer like satanic demonic diabolical a witch of deception Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. <laughs> like quite the headline i'm sure nick pisa wrote that that's actually like it's so funny like it's actually like comical it, where oh this next it. one's really comical too meredith victim of voodoo ritual uh-huh that's right yes we're we're like pulling in the occult here like they just yeah. got everything in on it yep. like Lucifer amanda himself is a jack out. of all trades she's a 21 year old <laughs> like, mastermind genius weird. who runs a cult yeah. and is part of voodoo rituals and all the other things in between have they like never heard of like actual serial killers that like are straight up the fucking devil like yeah and they're also giving her a lot of credit yeah like that 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 she yeah is capable of like basically being inhuman like and, I, it's and just, again it's not her dna inside no. meredith so they're saying that she was she was manipulative enough and powerful enough to get to control so many one people. of these guys to do that yeah so and that will come out in the trial like the narrative that they the prosecution wove together but the media um they also were very much focused again on like what she wore her facial expressions um they were obsessed with her eyes that like her blue eyes of ice that like that her eyes were the key to her innocence or her guilt in it was like reported everywhere about her eyes her eyes her eyes like it's just like Uh, yeah just that that was that that, that's actual fact that's factual scientific information yeah it's not that's bullshit um there's also like there was a new york times article that i read that just came out like 
in October of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that because the crime, I didn't realize this, but it, there was a note on the bottom. It said that because the crime happened in Italy, British tabloids were somewhat freed from a law that forbids journalists from speculating on the guilt or innocence of a suspect. So I guess if you're reporting in Britain, you are not allowed to speculate on whether you think they're innocent or guilty, but mm. because the murder took place in Italy and they were reporting from Italy, they they were, they were kind of like to. there was a they almost almost like a loophole. So a lot of the headlines did speculate. They were like, "She's guilty because of this, this, and yeah. this. Look at what she wore to trial. Look at her eyes. Like yeah. she's, her, her eyes are guilty. Eyes. Like all of this stuff, right? So everyone reading these, like even again, if you weren't covering the case or you weren't keeping up with it, you'd see all these magazines and newspapers in like the grocery store aisles and be like, "Oh, I guess she's guilty." Yeah, wouldn't you? That's probably what I would think. And so. I just thought that was interesting because I didn't, I thought about that where I was just like, is there no line here where what you're allowed to say or not say in the press? I I have no idea what the like. Apparently not. Um, So the prosecutor states that he, he figured the trial would be easy. He said that there was DNA evidence on top of um, Amanda, quote unquote, being a girl who was very uninhibited. She would bring boys home. She had a boyfriend. (laughs) a boyfriend and seven previous sexual partners i don't really think that like necessitates her being so uninhibited (laughs) it's just like i can't she can't even control herself (laughs) god damn it i know it's like it's it's like it's laughable but this was directly juxtaposed to what meredith's friends described her as and that's what his point was is that if you could find a girl who was in his opinion, not in reality, yeah. different from Amanda in every way imaginable, it would have been Meredith in in his opinion. I don't think they were that different at all, but he's saying in, in, you know, in his eyes and in the eyes of the media, they were like completely opposite types of women. Devil and Angel, Meredith yeah. was, was sweet, high innocent. morals, yeah. innocent, sweet, kind, whatever, smart. And Amanda was this deviant creature, sexual, whatever being devil. Yeah. <laughs> devil woman. Um, so Giuliani um, basically weaves together a narrative saying that, you know, the innocent Meredith came home to find Amanda, Raphael, and Rudy all drinking in their apartment and, like, about to, like, all have sex with each other, like, have one big orgy. Because that was okay. a lot in a lot of the headlines, too, is that Meredith was killed in, like, a sex orgy and whatever. Mm-hmm, yep. um, and that Meredith would have scolded Amanda for being such a slut. Yeah. Um, and that Amanda must have felt humiliated and irritated um, because she was quote-unquote a very proud girl so she convinced the men to sexually assault meredith and then to take a knife and stab her 47 times i might add that's oh fuck eh? yeah a lot a lot yeah uh, see i'm not i'm not seeing how like amanda would have that much control over someone to be like this is what i mean they give her a lot of credit yeah to be like with zero again, evidence she's a, to, like, she's back a beautiful girl but like she's a, she's also yeah. a 20 year old like just average girl who just moved assume there. she has that much power over to not com- one man but two men yeah to be like within a matter of weeks yes like yes. usually usually this type of control takes months at the very minimum yeah very minimum months absolutely like, and it's just like yes to assume that her boyfriend that she had just met there are like articles that say that they had been dating for two weeks in the documentary they said they had been dating for five days yeah no before the murder happened yeah so that's from their own like mouth so i'll I'll believe that but even if it was two weeks like they didn't know each other very well at all yeah um and she definitely didn't know rudy no well she says she didn't know him at all but the prosecution didn't know his name like yeah the prosecution is claiming she knew him but she obviously couldn't know him that well so again they're just giving her a lot of credit and this narrative to me is so it's laughable yeah um two years after the murder and nearly um after nearly a year of testimony, Amanda and Raphael are found guilty of the murder of Meredith Kircher. Wow. Amanda is sentenced to 26 years in prison and Raphael is sentenced to 25 years in prison. Jeez. Uh, people in the crowds outside the the court um, were like chanting that Amanda was a murderer and a liar. Um, and the, there's like a you can see like a news clip of them talking to Amanda's father as he's walking through the crowd and he's saying like they're like when are you going to be launching an appeal and he's like the second that we can like immediately so um Giuliani says that like 
in the days and weeks after the trial like random people would come up to him and like shake his hand and be like oh like thank you for you keeping did our community safe like oh yeah like, what, the italians thought she was guilty yeah. like the public in italy were like she is we we know she did it yeah you know and so yeah which is interesting to me but they were very much supporting the prosecution hmm. um she says amanda says after she was locked up and declared guilty she um she thought about all the different ways that she could kill herself because she was naturally your life. so depressed. Like, yeah. I mean, that's pretty, I feel like that's a fair statement. Reasonable. To make. Yeah. Um, she thought about all the people that, you know, like when one day when she'd finally be able to go home again after 26 years, like she thought about all of like her family members that wouldn't be alive anymore that she would never see again. Yeah. And just like, it was, it's just really sad. Raphael spent six months in solitary confinement. No, no. Six months. Yeah which we have yes i can't even like um solitary so like you can't put anybody in there i don't care like yeah he uh, said yeah like he was just depressed which i i think they both were but um three years after the murder so one year after the initial verdict amanda and Raphael's trial begins in the court of appeals of perugia um there's i had to write this down because there was like footage of them walking into the courtroom um because again there was the whole trial was televised okay um so initially in the first trial that like she would come into the courtroom and um again they would comment on what she's wearing and what she looked like yeah. and she'd look over that's... at Raphael and she'd smile at him or something and they'd be like oh my god like they're so guilty evil temptress she gave him a sign yeah <laughs> um though so the reporter that's like you could hear his voice over like watching her walk into the courtroom he says the convicted killer amanda knox is back in court today they called her Foxy Noxy. She looked a little more pale today, skinnier than had been in the past. Maybe could use hair and makeup, but I guess you don't get that in jail. Okay. And I'm just like, that's so sexist. Like you would never no one say would that ever about a make man. a comment about a man like that. Ever. Never. Not in that manner. Like uh, it wouldn't even be of note. It wouldn't be. His appearance would not be of note other than like, oh, he must have been working out in jail because, you know, he lost yeah. a few like or like something like, oh, like he looks disheveled, but it's like, well, like she could maybe use some hair and yeah, makeup. Throw it's some like, mascara on him. Like I just Anyways, I just had to write that down because I'm like, this is, it was just so disgusting. Yeah, that's um, just fucking, I hate this world. <laughs> at the start of the, the appeal trial, Amanda made um, a tearful declaration of innocence, all in Italian, I might add. She read the whole thing in Italian. Wow. Um, the court gave permission for an independent re-examination of the DNA evidence of the knife and the bra clasp by a forensic expert in Rome. Um, so they interviewed Dr. Stefano Conti and he, um, he begins like his interview by saying, let it be clear how easy it is to leave traces of DNA. You move your hand on your arm, that small amount of fine dust. Those are all DNA traces, which we spread within the area where we are in that particular moment. Therefore, a crime scene must be kept completely sterile. That's not what happened in this case. Um, and you can see video as he explains what he's talking about, but it shows video of the forensic police, um, like basically just everyone walking through the house, like not in protective gear, no gloves, no. nothing. Yeah. He said it was complete chaos. He said, you can see people coming, coming in and out. Um, again, no, no, like plastic boots over their shoes no gloves nothing they were constantly expressing opinions in the video that was being taken like of the apartment like this is unbelievable this disorganized there's disorganization this is absurd whatever and he's like it's just you would never hear that that's so unprofessional like you're yeah. not allowed to comment on what you think happened while you're taking the video for the forensic experts you know what i'm saying yeah um there's another forensic expert dr carla vecchiotti um who they they both examined the dna evidence um she says that the bra clasp was found under a small rug 46 days after the murder so this okay. was not found immediately they yeah. went back and did another search of the house yeah and this this had been a very long time she says it's very possible that other people could have brought dna traces from the hallway kitchen and bathroom into meredith's bedroom um she yeah. says in fact, on the bra clasp, they found Raphael's DNA, but they found at least two other unknown male DNA samples that were not noted by the police as, ev as evidence. Hmm. So she says, DNA must be objective. You can't interpret it for what you want it to be. Yeah. So they were like, oh, we found Raphael's DNA on the, on the bra clasp. 
oh, you just forgot to mention that you the found other two. two other male DNA yes. samples, which easily could have been from the police. Because yeah. people were just trampling through there yeah. with nothing on. Yeah. And like this guy saying, he's like, you rub your arm and you're going to leave yeah. DNA. Like that's like, like skin cells and stuff yeah. fall off like everything. everywhere. Like it's that's everywhere. That's <laughs> why the crime scene needs to be taken care of, yes. not completely mishandled yes. and, and botched. So um, basically she says she goes to like she talks about um the laboratory that the samples were tested in as well they said that the police definitively id'd amanda's dna on the knife handle and it was she said it was a very good profile of her dna okay well this was a knife in Raphael's apartment so like naturally she probably would have used it but the dna that was found on the blade that was apparently meredith's was so scarce that she said often we would look at that as maybe um uh, as being like contamination DNA, like that was spread from something else. So yes. then she goes and asks them, did you test these items in isolation? And they go, oh no, we examined like 50 of Meredith's samples at the same time. So there we go. <laughs> and so she's like, I mean, me with my pea sized brain, I'm like, well, there's your fucking answer, idiots. <laughs> she said once she, once she found this out that yeah. they had all of the the evidence like all the samples in the same lab at the same time she was like one with without a doubt 100 i know this is contamination 100 percent because there wasn't enough of a of meredith's dna sample on that to blade be, yeah to be definitive she said amanda's was definitive but again her dna was on the handle of a knife that she used in her boyfriend's apartment to make dinner yeah um yes yeah it was meredith's dna on the blade that sold them at the trial but it was, she's like, it's definitely contamination because they didn't, they fucked everything up. Yeah. They did. They weren't careful. It's a shit show. Like and if you're going to hang everything of this case, it has this to be trial more than a DNA, shadow of a doubt. Like, yeah. Then you need to do it properly. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So basically they presented this in court and Nick Pisa basically says that like the entire courtroom was shocked. Like he could hear gasps when this evidence was presented because people were just shocked at how, um, botched this investigation was like yeah. how badly they how hilarious like how it was reckless they were yeah and how much they just didn't care about handling this Clearly. evidence properly um and the american press went batshit because it's like you're imprisoning an american person yeah. for a crime that you guys fucked up the investigation on. yeah um so the american press went nuts there's an interview in the documentary with donald trump oh fuck um <laughs> and he goes I think the president should get involved. I think people should boycott Italy. They shouldn't go to Italy. Which, like, honestly, leave it to Donald Trump to say the stupidest thing in the entire yeah. documentary. Like, that's not, like the, uh, that's not going to solve the problem. Yeah. Also, shut up. <laughs> let's, let's just, like, put everything on the table here. As if this hasn't happened in America. Yeah. This has happened in probably every country in the world. We covered a case where this happened in Iceland. Yeah. Like, this is not exclusive to it Italy in or the not Italian only, judicial system. Not only in every country, but in every state, every province, every town, every, like, everywhere has yeah. their mistrials. Yeah, and again, it's hilarious that, like, everyone from America is like, how dare you? How, how could you dare do this? You? And it's when, just like, like, we know of at least five, five cases on hand where this has happened. I can think of, like, ten people have been executed yes. incorrectly yeah. off so, the top of my head. So, again, head. I'm like, not shitting on America. I'm just saying this happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. Um, The best line in the entire documentary, I think, personally, oh, comes no. from Rudy's lawyer, okay, um, Walter Biscotti, I said. Um, he says it really bothered him that the American media were trying to lecture them about the law. Um, so he says, quote, this courthouse in 1308 housed the first faculty of law in Europe. In America, in 1308, they were drawing buffaloes in caves. It's <laughs> actually really funny. And then they cut to like, they cut back to him and he, he has this look of like extreme satisfaction yeah, on his like, face. Gotcha. Like he's just like. <laughs> It's like, true. In 1308, you guys were using grass to wipe your ass. And <laughs> like, he's just like, and he makes a point. Like, yeah. he's like, we created the law here in Europe. Yeah. So don't try to lecture us about it. Yeah. I get it. Like, I, I understand. Yeah. I'm upset that they botched the investigation too, but it's not just about them being Italian. Yeah. You know what I'm no. saying? No. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what they are. It's like how it was handled. That's what matters. Yeah. Not, and Giuliano, yeah. Um, he, he expresses again, like oh, concern sorry. about being attacked by the American media and everything. But um, he says they're only focusing on the DNA, not on the rest of the investigation. I And he says, Quote, I have to remind you that her behavior was completely inexplicable, totally irrational. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> In your opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so basically they said they couldn't speak to the DNA of Rudy because they were only asked to examine these specific samples. But Dr. Conti says, and I, and I liked this quote, so I added as well. He says, I do feel compelled to say something um, Cicero once said. He says, any man is liable to make mistakes, but only the fool perseveres in error. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave, I'll leave that at that. He's like, that's all I'm going to say He's about like, that. I'm just going to leave it on that. <laughs> so a year after the appeal began, four years after the murder now, the Court of Appeals of Perugia absolves Amanda and Raphael of the crime and orders their immediate release. Amanda is Good. seen um, being guided out of the courtroom, weeping and hugging her family and her lawyers. Outside of the courthouse, the crowds of Italians are infuriated and they're extremely disappointed because, again, they think she's guilty. Yeah, they've already sentenced her in their heads. Yeah, they're pissed. There's, like, videos of people, like, Italians, like, crying and screaming and stuff and they're, like, I mean, I can say this. Throwing, like, my mom's Italian. Italians throwing are tomatoes fucking dramatic. At her and stuff. Yeah, like they're they're being dramatic. But <laughs> yes, anyways. I've met your family, Haley. I, I know. <laughs> um, so um, Amanda's flown back to Seattle um, on a private plane, and there are crowds of people waiting there to support her. Okay. Um, because again, I mean, she's coming back to America, and I think a lot of Americans believe that she was innocent. A lot of Italians just believe she was guilty. Yeah. So. Um, Raphael says that he was he was initially like he was happy but again he expresses like this feeling of like my life is over been ruined though yeah like it's it doesn't matter as much that we're free like it's great but like he's like how can I get used to like this life that I just I didn't want I didn't ask for this yeah. you know but he returns home to he's from Bari Italy so he goes back to his hometown um and Amanda at this point back in america is continuing to be completely harassed by the media um there's reporters that are talking to her father outside their house and he asks them about like book deals and movie deals and stuff and her dad's like that's not our concern right now um and he goes um well you realize that the longer that you wait the less money you'll receive and her father says like I'm sorry, what do you mean by that and he says well she won't really be considered a hot property in an interview if you wait a month to which her father responds, I'm not really looking at her as a hot property. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. her parents are just like, no, our concern is her well-being. Yeah. Like, she just got out of prison. Like, um, that's, that's, yeah. So they were, again, they were being like immediately hounded by the press. She did end up doing interviews and stuff like that, but they took their time because again, she was completely traumatized by this experience. She had just yeah. spent four years in jail. Yeah. For a crime she didn't do. Exactly. Um, Six years after the murder, an Italian court throws out Amanda and Raphael's acquittal, um, and the two are found guilty all over again. Uh, what? Yes. Yeah. Um, the guilty verdict fo- focuses on circumstantial evidence, including Amanda's behavior and relationships. That's not. That's not evidence. That is not evidence. No. And if the entire case is being <laughs> put on circumstantial evidence, like, so you don't have any. So you don't have evidence. Yeah. Is what you're telling me. Because the DNA was, we established it was not reliable. Wow. Um, The new guilty verdict is appealed in in, in Italy's Supreme Court. Um, And now, eight years after the murder on March 2015, Amanda and Raphael are exonerated for the murder of Meredith Kircher. Um, And you can see this in the documentary. Like, there's a video of her and she's with all of her family and she calls Raphael on the phone and she's like, we're free. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for us. But like they, she was home in America, but still for four years, they waited in turmoil because then they were, there's no double jeopardy in Italy. So they were like, we could be retried all over again until this point where they're like officially exonerated. But there was so much back and forth. Wow. For years. Yeah. You're not really free because it's following you. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, sounds like, absolute fucking hell um so in in september 2015 the italian supreme court releases its reasoning for acquitting amanda and Raphael. they said the court blames stunning flaws in the investigation and increased media attention for creating a frantic search for guilty parties the justices find a complete lack of biological traces connecting amanda and Raphael to the crime the court says the evidence still points to the guilt of rudy getty mm. um 
so and nick pisa is commenting in this interview and he's saying that he feels like you have to blame the police and the prosecution for making terrible errors and for fixating on some of these wild theories they were obsessed with proving and whatever and he doesn't really agree with the whole trial by media but he he does acknowledge he's like it's likely because i'm a journalist um but i think watching this documentary i think the media is hugely to blame yeah it sounds like hugely um as it usually is in a lot of these like high profile cases like yeah yeah he says looking back now like yeah some of the information that came out was obviously just completely made up and totally crazy but he says hey what are we supposed to do we're journalists and we're reporting what we're being told it's not as if i can say right hold on a minute i just want to double check that myself in some other way goodness knows how and then i let my rival get in there first before me and then i lose a scoop it doesn't work like that not in the news game um it's called fact checking if you're a real journalist yeah yeah i I know i watched that it's like it's not like i I can just double check it yeah actually isn't that like in the definition of of being a journalist isn't that like the whole part is that you fact check it and so you're giving the accurate news and that you get like credible sources not just like any floozy on the street yeah this isn't (laughs) j14 this isn't tiger beat this is a teen cosmo <laughs> like honestly though like i mean he he says it like he's like i'm a journalist so like yeah. that's what we do so it's obviously. like no actually real journalists do fact check <laughs> and they try to make sure that yeah. they're not writing things that things that are just blatantly not true yeah, yeah. yeah that's why i'm saying i'm like you're not a journalist no you're a tabloid writer yeah you're you're basically writing a gossip column it is a gossip column yeah gossip um and he shouldn't be as proud of it as he is because he's fucking proud of it and it's kind of disgusting well it's sad like feel bad for that guy because yeah clearly not good stuff (laughs) just not good stuff um in 2019 the european court of human rights ordered italy to pay 21,000 in damages to amanda um the the court declared that authorities um that amanda's confession and accusation of patrick lumumba had been taken in an atmosphere of intense psychological pressure and um that they had also denied amanda her right to a lawyer and had undermined the fairness of the proceedings as a whole um and there is a post in one of amanda's blogs where she says i was interrogated for 53 hours over five days without a lawyer in a language i understood maybe as well as a 10 year old i trusted these people they were adults they were authorities and they lied to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which again, just I think slams at home as to like just the situation that yeah, she was in. Yeah, as a how, whole, yeah. Yeah. Um, Raphael returned to his hometown of Bali. He now owns an internet company um, and he also serves as a true crime expert for Italian television. There you go. Yeah, good for him. Um, Giuliano Mignini was uh, promoted to general prosecutor. <laughs> Uh, Nick Pisa still works in journalism, apparently. <laughs> and he um, hasn't moved up at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's also, like, um, Amanda graduated college in 2014, and she's awesome. done a lot of advocating for wrongfully convicted people. Good, good. She spent a lot of time trying to initially hide from the spotlight. She didn't really know what to do with this, like, newfound fame that she, again, just didn't, didn't want. Didn't ask for, yeah. Um, she has written a book about her experiences she has hosted a podcast called the truth about true crime with amanda knox and she has done some freelance writing usually under um a pseudonym because like of her name and everything and just everything attached to it um she's now married to a poet and novelist named christopher robinson and they um they also have a podcast as well um and they just had a a baby awesome within the last six months but in this new york times article that i read um she talks about how they hid it from the press for like months because like no one knew she had had this baby like people knew she was pregnant but they didn't know she had had the baby because like they were hiding it because she was like i just i didn't want i didn't want the media like getting their hooks into my kid yeah the way that they did me yeah um so that's that's what she's doing now um i just want to read one quote from the documentary that they started they opened the documentary with this but i think that it was a good way to end it but she so it's it opens with amanda saying um there are those who believe in my innocence and there are those who believe in my guilt there's no in between and if i'm guilty it means that i am the ultimate figure to fear because i am not the obvious one 
But on the other hand, if I'm innocent, it means that everyone is vulnerable and that's everyone's nightmare. Either I'm a psychopath in sheep's clothing or I am you. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Now I want to watch this documentary. It's very good. Um, the podcast I was listening to, they were commenting a lot on it too, just because it's, it's extremely well done. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that because they interview people from all sides of this. Yeah. And there, it is a little bit like, it is definitely a little bit skewed in her, like towards her innocence. Of course. Which again, like you can't have anything that's completely unbiased, but they were saying that it is a good documentary to watch because at the end of it, like you could still sit there and be like, I think she did it. You could. I think she got a. I think she got away with it. Yeah. And there wasn't any evidence to prove it, but you could still watch that documentary and think that she did and it. Like there that, isn't yeah. any definitive theory that the documentary no. puts forward that they think no, is yeah. what happened. Hm. A lot of people don't even think that Rudy did it. Hmm. They just think the yeah. investigation was so screwed up that there was no way to find the real the truth. Yeah. And again, the police weren't looking for the truth. No, they, they were just wanted to wrap it up and have their win. What was easiest. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I would say, yeah, I would say to people, watch it and see what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, do your own research and see what you think. Cause there, there are a lot of people that still think that she did it. Yeah. I think that I'm more inclined to say that that seems strange. I don't, I don't think there's a motive. I don't think there's any evidence. It doesn't sound like it. It seems strange to me that a 20-year-old girl would just like move to Italy and then be like, I'm going to decide to become a murderer. And kill the first person she meets. Yeah. Like, it's a stretch. It's not impossible. I just, there just wasn't any evidence. No, it didn't seem that way at all. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that if she didn't do it, it's a real shame that this took over her entire life and she spent four years in prison. Yeah. That can't have been fun. No. No. Fuck no yeah yeah i hope i hope we don't lose our italian listeners over this i because i've looked at our map we've got a few of them oh i hope not (laughs) and again that's why i was like i jumped in there where i was like this is not this is not something that's specific to like the italian police or the italian judicial system or anything like that this happens everywhere it does yeah so when people are like oh those fucking italians screwed it all up or whatever (laughs) i'm like well no no like every judicial system has done this anything that happened in america or canada or any yeah it happens everywhere everywhere um i think it was mishandled i think a lot of cases are mishandled no matter where they take place usually and i am italian and i freaking love italy fuck you donald trump i'm not gonna boycott italy i'm gonna go there every chance i get (laughs) i i'm not italian but i like you I like all Italians. All Italians I met, I'm like, yeah, 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 good people. We're good people. You guys make me good <laughs> pasta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a really good case. You did good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm very passionate about it. You were literally punching the chair. <laughs> no, I'm so, I, I get so passionate about like the way the media portrays women just in general. Oh, so, same. Like, when it when came like, down to oh. something like this and it's just like, are you, are you fucking fuck? kidding yeah. me? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's that. It was a long one. Yeah. 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 All right. That was good. Uh, yeah i hope you guys enjoyed the my, second part the second part i think this is this my first two-parter i don't know yes i think it is i don't know yeah no it wasn't no why do i always do that with no's they I turn into I've songs ever, like i don't think i've ever done a two-parter <laughs> okay i definitely thought you did but i my memory cannot be trusted no 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 yeah so that, that was fun that was I fun hope you guys liked it fun stuff fun stuff yeah um yeah that, that was really good i liked it oh, thanks. we got we got our bonus holiday treat y'all tomorrow tomorrow part and one part two of it is coming out next wednesday yeah and that's that's about it happy holidays happy freaking everything whatever all of be the, happy just be happy just enjoy life take, take you know what take a rest this weekend yeah it gets crazy holiday time gets yeah. crazy whether you celebrate Even if you're or not, not celebrating, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. Yeah. I feel like it's... Take a it's, minute for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably even harder if you're you're not celebrating because going to like the grocery store or the mall oh, for like yeah. your basic needs during this time, it's like borderline disrespectful if it's you're like not celebrating because it's like... chaos. It's utter chaos and people yeah. are insane. Yeah. This is yeah. why I will not be going anywhere. I'm hiding in my... Yeah my robe under my blankies that sounds fantastic with my snacky snacks because <laughs> i'm the snack a lack ding dong <laughs> so yes, you are that's me um yeah 
Well, that's that's it. Let's freaking wrap it up here. So sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at how to not get killed. And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. And keep it sleazy as hell, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) All right. See you later. See ya. See ya.